today again for another look at the Word of God. Um, I want to welcome everybody. I hope your week has been good. There's been a lot going on as usual. It seems like every day brings a new reality to the planet and uh, I just pray that everybody's been safe as things continue to um, deconstruct around the world. It's pretty pretty crazy what's going on but uh, but there's always uh, it's always next year. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, seriously. No, thank you for joining us. I want to pray and uh, I want to bless all of you who are going to be joining us later. Father, I bless your people. We thank you for this time to uh, to gather and to briefly look at the Word of God and to uh, to learn the things that we must learn. We pray by your Holy Spirit that the Lord would be magnified, for we know he's soon to return. I bless your your gathered people here today and those that will listen later, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I'm going to read a few scriptures this morning. If you have your Bibles, I encourage you to uh, to follow along uh, so you have an idea of what it is I'm talking about, because I could be telling you something that isn't true. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> All right, so Genesis chapter 6. We're uh, coming out of Genesis chapter 6, beginning with the 11th verse. I'm going to read a little bit of scripture, then we'll talk for a few minutes. And I'll let you go have your breakfast or lunch. Now, Genesis 6, 11. The earth was also corrupt before God. Let me say that again. The earth also was corrupt before God. The earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shall you make in the ark, and shall pitch it within, and pitch it without. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. All right, so... The reason we went to Noah today and the reason I want to talk to you a little bit today is what I felt God would have us share. During the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ before he went back to heaven, actually before he went to Calvary and went to the cross and then rose again on the third day, he was asked a question by the religious establishment really of that day as well as his disciples as to when the kingdom of God would, would appear. And in answering his, his critics, or the religious elite at the time, he said, you know, the kingdom of heaven is not going to come with visible signs. It's not going to show up. Some, or, or some new you know, military action that's going to implement rule on the earth. He said, the kingdom of heaven is within you, in your heart. It is there that God chooses to rule, first and foremost. And then he left them. You can read that in Luke chapter 17. But then, when he started speaking to his disciples, he told them something very interesting as what would be a sign of his return, what would be a sign of the actual coming of the kingdom of God. And, and he said in Luke 17, verse 26, he said, As it was 
in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the day of the Son of Man. And so I began reading today in Noah because what we are directed by Christ himself, and, and, and in many ways it was Christ warning us, leaving clues for us to, to look, or really that final generation, to look into the future and to figure out, is it our time? Is it our generation? Are we indeed seeing uh, something different? Are we... Uh, how do we know? I mean, you know, we've, we've heard for 2,000 years he's coming back. How do we know that this is the time? Well, he left us that clue. He said, go back and research the days of Noah. Go back and see what you find there. And then apply it to your, like a template to your generation. And it will signal some things to you and should begin to alert you, even as it did Noah. And so we began there <clears throat> looking in, in Noah and, and what I first begin to see there, I wrote this down this morning, is it's the tragedy uh, of, of a culture, of a generation that's, that's fast approaching destruction. And yet in Noah's day, they were completely unaware that they had reached the time where they were literally hanging over the precipice, almost like a sword of Damocles. You know, that sword that goes back and forth and, 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 and cuts the, the string, you know? Have you ever heard of Damocles? <laughs> okay, uh, sorry. So, but what what um, what we do see in their time uh, is it's similar to our time, and that's that's what the Lord told us to do: is go back and check out Noah, go back and check out his story. And so we began this morning talking about that, and and where I quoted you from was Genesis chapter six. First of all, in Genesis chapter six, what begins to happen if you're familiar with the story? is that God has reached the place where he issues a decree in verse chapter 3 and says that humanity itself was going to be limited to 120 years. It had been almost 10 generations since the creation of the first man, Adam and Eve. And from that point until the time of Noah was approximately 10 generations. Well, with about 120 years left to go, he begins to issue a decree that judgment would come within a century or so. And there were many and varying reasons which we won't get into today, but you can look at them in Genesis 6, verse 1 through 7. And he begins to uh, lay forth the case, as you read it in your Bible, why it was just and right to bring about judgment upon that generation. And once we get into the 8th and ninth verse, our attention begins to be drawn to, to, to one particular individual and his family. And really he represents, and again, remember what we're talking about here. The Lord told us to look at the days of Noah and to learn from them in every generation and to see whether our generation applied to it. Well, you know, one of the first things you'll see in Genesis chapter 6 verse 1 is there was a population explosion that was taking a place upon the face of the earth. You know, the Bible says in Genesis 6, 1, that, uh, you know, men began to multiply upon the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them, so forth and so on. So one of the characteristics that we can begin to look for is, is the increase in the human population. That was taking place in, in Noah's day. And so, uh, you know, I'll give you, a, for instance, uh, for the first 6,000 years of human history, or 5,000 years of human history, roughly, it took us almost 5,000 years to reach 1 billion people on the planet. 
uh, in the last hundred plus years or so, we've actually increased the population to almost eight billion people. So it is a it is a similar type of situation that we have seen an explosion of the population take place on the planet, as it was in the days of Noah. And then there's other things that he mentions there that we won't get into today, but you can study it on your own. But basically, verse one through seven is laying the case for why humanity's end and days were now going to be numbered. God says that in verse three, he would he would his spirit would no longer strive with man. He would no longer uh, try to reach and correct society because it had reached such a point that it was almost unreachable. And, and so when we get to verse 11, he begins to lay out some things that I think are very interesting and things that we need to look to. And I won't be long today, but I want you to look at that with me. In chapter 6, verse 11, it says that the earth was also corrupt before God and the earth was also filled with violence. Again, we're talking about judgment coming on, on that generation and Jesus telling the final generation to pay attention to the same signs. So what do we see from that? Well, when you break down the Hebrew words there, it's very interesting. And one of the things that I found interesting in this sense was that when he first begins to draw our attention to we're getting close to the time when, when the earth that then was was going to be judged, he doesn't mention... Uh, men first he mentions the earth he talks about the planet he talks about men in the next verse but in verse 11 he talks about the planet and there's reasons for that um, and, and and things that we could look at see uh, the word corrupt means to be marred to be injured or to be in a position of decay and the bible says in that verse 11, like we were talking about, that the earth was corrupt before God. One of the hardest things for people to wrap their heads around in our society today is that there is a God. And that he is looking down upon humanity. And that according to the scripture, and it is true, the earth is the Lord's and its fullness. And that men were put in charge of this planet according to the scripture. To take care of it. To protect it to nurture it. And so it's very interesting in, in verse 11 that the first thing he begins to draw our attention to is that the earth or the planet itself had reached a point of being marred, had reached a point of being injured, the planet itself, the biosphere, the, the, the ecology of the planet. And, and I hate to use the word climate change, but you know, it's, it's interesting what people talk about today you know, the, the, the warming of the oceans, the more intensity of, of, of the earthquakes that we're experiencing, the, the locust plague in Africa, the, 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 the uh, Category 5 tsunami uh, hurricanes and the tsunamis we've had and all those kinds of things, they are indications to, to us on the planet that something's wrong. Now, I don't want to get into some kind of political, you know, right or left debate about climate change and all that kind of stuff. I'm simply talking about what the scripture said would be one of the signs to the end time generation that the planet itself had become marred in Noah's day and subsequently Jesus Christ told us that that future generation who begins to see a planet brought into a position of injury and marring so that it's it's literally 
taking the planet and the systems that were instituted by God so that it would function as it was meant to would suddenly begin to break down and we would see changes taking place on the planet. But there's something a little deeper here as well because the Apostle Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter uh, 6, in the book of Ephesians 6, he tells us that our wrestling or our contest or our... our uh, the engagement of what we are actually fighting is principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world. And there is a real deep spiritual connection between humanity's behavior and the dark forces that exist in the multiple dimensions that the Bible speaks about have real, active, intelligent power, personality, and beings. I'll give you an example for those of you who know your Bible. In the beginning, when God put Adam and Eve in the garden, he gave him some very interesting commandments. One of those was that I want, I'm putting you in the garden to dress it and to keep it. And what he was implying with those words is I'm placing you in this garden and, and you need to take care of it and protect it. Which is a very interesting phrase because if everything was cool in the universe, what is it that he has to protect the garden from? So just from that, we gain an, an inside knowledge, if you have eyes to see it, that there are forces that were already at play even before the first human being was ever made by God. And when God set humanity upon the planet, he gave him a commandment to guard the planet, to protect the Garden of Eden, to protect what he had left him in charge with. And so there's a direct correlation with man's relinquishing of his duty and responsibility to a chaotic state of the earth. And it seems to be implying that because men had declined so much in their behavior that the very earth itself begins to go out of whack and out of kilter as it did in Noah's day. I think we're seeing the same thing today. We've had more volcanoes, more earthquakes, more tsunamis, more you know, hurricanes, more all kinds of natural disasters taking place. The planet itself is being thrown off its kilter just as it was in the days of Noah. And in the days of Noah, because of what they were doing at that time, it literally came up before God. It got his attention. And what is being said by the scripture is it was corrupt. The earth was corrupt. You know, the powers of darkness unleashed their influence. When we abrogate, now you can believe this or not, I'm just telling you what the Bible says. When we abrogate our responsibility as the children of God, the children of light, and, and we remove ourselves from the caretaking of the planet. Remember what God told Adam, have dominion over it, over the fishes of the, air, uh, of the sea, the, 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 the birds of the air, the cattle on the earth. You know, to guard it, to nurture it, to protect it. There's a direct correlation in how we treat our home. I know this freaks some of you out. You know, I'm not talking any kind of weirdo stuff here. I'm just telling you. This is what God said. That we were supposed to take care of our home. We were supposed to nurture it and protect it. It's a gift. We're, we're not the owners of it. We're the caretakers of it. And when they, in their generation... Uh, abrogated their responsibility of, of caring for it, it began to rebel. It became corrupt. It began to decay. It began to be in a position of decay. And it came up before the Creator, before our Father in Heaven. And so he says the earth was corrupt and the earth was also filled with violence. 
the word filled means to be full or to be in abundance. And the word violence means to be in a state of cruelty, of injustice, and, and to be filled with oppression and oppressors. And another thing really interesting here is, is robbery and unjust gain. The oppression of the poor without caring for them. And so we see the beginning of the breakdown of society over a period of time that had gotten so crazy that it came up before God. It got his attention. Now, closer inspection really takes us to the next verse. And I'm not going to be much longer, but verse 12, it says, And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. So God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted his way. He's talking about the, the, the decline over time of those from Adam and Eve who knew him. By the time we get to Noah, over a ten generation period, the ways of God, which are really simple. You know, love your neighbor as you love yourself and love the Lord your God with all your heart. That's what Jesus said. You do that, you fulfill the entire law. By the time we get to Noah's generation, the earth itself has become hurt, marred, decayed, and in decline, and violence has filled the earth precisely because humanity had turned its back on the established, revealed ways of the Creator Himself, of God the Father Himself. And it only took a matter of ten generations. So, what's interesting to me is that when it says that the earth was filled with violence, it, it means looting. <laughs> it means looting. Kind of what we've been seeing lately as well. Kids breaking into stores, stealing stuff, people burning stuff down, violence in the street. But I was listening to a brother this morning, his name is Michael Matt. I'd encourage you to listen to him. Uh, on, he, has a, he has a channel on YouTube called Remnant TV. He has some pretty good editorial thoughts. One of the things he said today really triggered what, in my heart, what we're talking about this morning. Because... I remember what I was studying this morning where it said that the earth was filled with violence and, and those words literally mean cruelty, oppression, intolerance, and looting, stealing. And uh, <clears throat> one of the things he said was that while we could look at the children that are looting the stores today and it's easy to point the fingers at, at, the, at the breakdown of society, which we, we all see happening, he pointed out, because he's a Catholic guy, he said, you know, the truth of the matter is, is that that looting actually began... Uh, in the church, back in the 50s, in the Catholic Church, and he started laying out his case for why why the priests and the popes and all that kind of stuff had basically looted the treasuries of the church and destabilized the community of the world by by its looting of, uh, of its moral responsibility. And I thought, you know what, brother, I agree with you. The fault always falls at the doorstep of that which is supposedly Christianity. And I began to think about the Protestant side of things, especially in this country. When you get into the 1950s, 60s, 70s, you begin to see a transition of the church into one that began to raise up Christian celebrities and Christian stars. And even our doctrine began to change. And we began to lose the moral authority that once guided our country as even our preachers began to uh, be more interested in, in acquiring money and 
fame and power and so forth and so on. I could go down the list. And so really when man, like we started out talking about this, but specifically those who know God, abrogate their moral authority as a compass for society, the result is what we see today. And the Lord told us to pay attention to that. He said, when a generation begins to see itself where the planet itself appears to be broken and where humanity itself is broken, where the poor are no longer cared for, where it's everyone out for themselves. I mean, one of the famous phrases we have today, right, is selfie. <laughs> I mean, it's like we're saying, hey, we're totally myopic, man. It's all about me, myself, and I. And check me out, you know. I mean, that, that's how we've become. And, and, and I don't want to blame, you know, this person or that person, but I will take, take responsibility in this vein because I talk to you about the word all the time. It's the church's fault. And whether it wants to realize it or not in our country or across the West, when it, when it removed itself from the forefront as the conscience of society, society had no bearing anymore and it's become every man for himself. We like that word anarchy today, but there's anarchy in every institution of society across the board. And it's precisely because we've abrogated our position of walking before God and making a distinct difference in culture, whether they'll all listen to us or not isn't, isn't the case. But if they look to the institution of the church and they find nothing there but greedy preachers and pedophile priests, well, <laughs> where's the authority there? And we, we, we systematically in this country removed all the, you know, all the... Uh, you know, the, the monuments to the Ten Commandments or, or the prayer in school or, or we could go down the list that we're all familiar with. And then we wonder why there's looting and rioting and protesting in our streets. Why even our police officers are killing our young men and our, and our young men are killing our police officers. It's society gone crazy because there's no moral compass. And, and that's what Jesus said to pay attention to. You're going to see a decline in the ecology of the earth. We, we can debate that, but it's happening. You're going to see incredible upheaval in the planet itself. And then it, it, it is because specifically the behavior of men and, and what it's done is affecting everything, sending forth a sound that reverberates throughout the universe itself. So when we get to verse 13, then God talks to Noah. It says, and God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me. You know, if you read verse 1 through 7, there's a whole bunch of bad stuff going on. But it's not until the actual planet is become affected. And, and when men have removed the way of the Lord from before their eyes. Once that happened, he said, that's it. But thank God, you know, because he found Noah. He found somebody. And, and, and in verse 8 and 9, it says that Noah was three things. He was a just man, he was perfect, and he walked with God. Which is encouraging to me and which should be encouraging to us that we are able, no matter what the culture throws at us, no matter what institutions decline, Noah is perfect proof. And why I think Jesus told us to pay attention to him, that he was able to keep his walk and to keep his testimony in the midst of a culture gone absolutely insane. When it says Noah was a just man, it literally means this. 
It means that he was not only one who performed and conducted himself in a righteous way on the outside, but on the inside of his heart. There too, he was consecrated to God. He was just and he was perfect. What that literally means is that he had been brought to a place of maturity in his life, in his relationship with God, where he was without spot and blemish, where he didn't partake of the culture of the day where he, he, he guarded his relationship with God in such a way that he was called blameless. And then he walked with God. What does that mean? It means that he, he was conversant with his creator. And, 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 and he was able to keep pace with the understanding of what's happening all around him. And that's who God singled out. He revealed to Noah something secret. See, in verse 13, it says, And God said to Noah, The end has come. It would be about a hundred years from that point on. One generation left, basically, is what he told him. But what, what I'm trying to tell you is that this is what God is doing right now. He's revealing to his people. You know, if you know anything, if, if you have any kind of spiritual quality whatsoever... You know and sense that something's not right, man. It's not business as usual. There's something going on. It's, it's almost like you wake up the next day expecting for what's the next great crazy thing that we're going to see today. Something's not right. And if I do anything this, this morning, it's to stir and to, and to cause us to reflect, to pause for a moment and not become accustomed to what we see and so inundated by it that it deadens our sense of understanding and discernment about what it is that's actually happening and it quite possibly could be and I believe it is that we have entered those days and so Noah by God revealing to Noah he's also revealing to us because remember what we said the Lord told his disciples just before I come back go study the days of Noah because it's going to be the same way. And what happened? Noah received privileged information. In other words, it was revealed to him that this was unlike any other time. Something different was coming. And it was going to culminate in a very tragic way. And that he needed to respond accordingly in order to save not only himself, but his family and those that he loved. So it says in verse 13, And God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me. Why? Because the earth is filled with violence through them. And because of this, I'm going to destroy them with the earth. And we know what happened. The flood came. But notice what he said, that the violence came and the corruption of the planet and all that came through humanity. The book of Ephesians tells us there's two kinds of people. There's humanity that's controlled by forces of darkness, and there's humanity that's controlled by the Lord, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And that both are expressing something. It flows through the collective. In Noah's time, it was reduced down to eight people. That's all that was left that, that were worthy of being carried on into the next phase of what the Creator, our Father, was going to do. Humanity is connected and its connection to the planet brings it into accountability before God and, and, and he reveals how it was corrupted through what was being expressed 
by humanity as a whole. So we're almost done. So what do we do, right? God tells him what to do. He says, make an ark. Well, what does that mean? I got to go to the lumber yard and build myself a ship. No, that's, <laughs> that's not what we're talking about. Jesus said, pay attention, because basically what he was saying was that when judgment comes, all these things, and briefly we've discussed this morning, would be prevalent. And we could talk about so many more things, but I think we all know what we're talking about here when it comes to the condition of the planet right now. And it was planet-wide. It wasn't one geographic territory. It wasn't the Middle East. It wasn't just China. It was everywhere back then, and it's everywhere today. And so God tells him what to do. First, he alerts him to what's going on, and then he tells him what to do. He says, make an ark. And we know that the, the ark is symbolic in our time of the gospel of Jesus Christ and, and, and what it means to make an ark. Remember, it's a personal and individual requirement. The ark is... is, is is what we must construct. It's our relationship with God. It's our relationship with His His Son. He is the Ark. He is our safety. He is our protection from all that is raging all around us. And that's what He told Noah to do. Concern yourself individually by making an Ark. A, a house of preservation. And in our times, that's the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? He's He's our only safety. He's our only salvation. And, and, and understand this, just like in Noah's day, a brief moment right now is upon us. And now is the time to prepare. Because when, <laughs> trust me, this is going to get worse. And I don't like to be the bearer of bad news, but I mean, well, I was looking uh, this morning and yesterday, you know, in, in London, they're, 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 they're fighting each other, tearing stuff down. They're burning stuff in London. I couldn't believe London. They surrounded the U.S. Embassy. They surrounded the embassy in Berlin. Last night they were burning down Atlanta uh, over over another, yet another senseless killing of the police officer of another guy. What's going on? In Seattle here in the United States, they've taken over six city blocks and proclaimed it the uh, the, the capital of, of, I don't even know what Chaz. it is. Chaz. They call it Chaz. The capital, what is it? Uh, something zone. Autonomous zone. Yeah, the autonomous zone. Think of that. Uh, imagine someone going wherever you live. I mean, I don't know who, who's watching from wherever, but wherever you go, and just go to the main city of your of your nation, your state, wherever you live, and then you know someone's going to come in and just take over six blocks and proclaim it their own state. That's insane. But that's what we see happening, and they're being allowed to do it. Why? Because nobody has the moral authority to do anything about it. We have totally broken down as a society and the only thing that's going to help us as the Lord told him is make an ark man you know at least the one thing you can control Noah because sometimes it gets so bad there ain't really much you can do about it but you can you can make an ark for yourself and your family because that's what Noah did it saved his sons his daughters his wife they made it through and that ark is Christ so what else did he tell him? He says, pitch it within and without. What does that represent? After he built the boat, right? He said, you know, pitch it within and pitch it without to seal it. But he starts with the inside. And that's what God's saying in this time. You know, take care of your spirit and your soul. Do you know where you are with Christ? Do you, do you know what it means to be saved? Have you truly accepted him as your Lord and Savior? Remember, 
brothers and sisters. <laughs> We're on a planet. I know we live in such a horizontal way that we never, or very rarely do we allow ourselves to be expanded in, in, in multiple directions in order to, to, to look at things from the perspective of that we're living in a universe and we're living in a Milky Way ga galaxy and we're actually floating in space as we're talking right now. We're on this tiny little planet together. We're not, we're not an accident. We're not some weird manifestation of some unknown blob that crawled up out of some primordial nothingness and suddenly here we are. You were meant to be. And, and, and our safety is only found in the one who is the rightful heir of this planet, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, both within and without. So, remember this too, I was thinking about this, and we're almost done. God could have saved Noah many ways, right? He could have just said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flood the earth, I'm going to send my like UFO to pick you up, you know, and we'll take you off and you'll have a good time while we, while we rework the earth. I mean, he didn't say any of that. He said, you have a responsibility just before the judgment. Noah made his ark before the flood. Again, that's revealing to us faith in Christ. It also reveals to us that we have to work out our salvation. We have to participate in that. He warned him before it came. That's faith. You know something's not right. So he worked out his salvation, and really his whole family did. His sons helped him, his wife helped him, his sons' wives helped. They, each and every one of them were part of constructing that ark. And that speaks to us how each and every one of us individually, it's not going to be you and your grandma, it's not going to be you and your mama, it's going to be you standing before God. And he's made a way. And this is what we must do, do now, because really, whether it's... Five years, 10 years, 20 years. And I don't think we have that long. I know I sound crazy, but I mean, it, it can't go on like this. This is insane. But even if it's just a matter of a few years, it's still not very long. So we need to be in earnest making our ark. Do you know Christ as your Savior? Make sure that we and our loved ones, that we're right and we're safe and, and we're sure at what's coming. Because remember, the scripture tells us this age, this time of human history, it will come to an end. So whether it's your next breath and you're in the presence of God or a few years from now, we know that things have started to get really nuts, man. And it's just like Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah. So I believe these are these days that we're talking about and things are not the same. It's not business as usual. We are being warned. And I believe that's what you're sensing in your heart and, and that's what I'm sensing in my heart. Listen to that voice because it's the Lord's voice. It's His Holy Spirit telling us that time is of the essence and that the return of the Lord is near. And we know from the scripture that perilous times are still ahead. And while we have this sense, if you do, prepare that ark. Make your life right with God while you can and become an instrument, a vessel of light, an infectious person of love and make a difference where you are and share the instruction manual <laughs> with others. This is coming to an end soon. However long that is, I don't know. But I do know that we don't have to get caught up
in the end of all things, but it's the beginning for the children of God. So, have a blessed week. I hope I stirred your mind a little bit so that you could think about some things as I'm thinking about you every day. I pray for you all in your families, those of you who listen. And all I'm about, man, is, is looking at his word and, and bringing some hope and some understanding that Jesus is coming soon. So, like we like to say around here, keep looking up. God bless. See you next time.